So let's get let's take let's get straight into our eleven o'clock conversation. Uh, Julia Crisculo is a pharmacist with the Health Products Association of Southern Africa. Of course, we're getting straight into winter season. That means colds and flus often accompany it, and there's been a lot of talk, especially last year, and a lot of emphasis rather on the use of different multivitamins and supplements to assist people. Now, let's speak in particular about some of the things that we need to be aware of because COVID-19 is still with us. Julia, good morning. Hi, Kathy. Lovely to be with you. A pleasure to speak to you too on this matter. As a pharmacist, you know, what are some of the recommendations generally that you give to people who don't know what to be taking or even if they should be taking anything in this moment? Well, Kathy, the first thing is I just ask them some questions to find out about, you know, what kind of diet they have, mm. their nutritional status, uh, their lifestyle. Because health and well-being is a multifaceted thing. It's not just about, you know, one thing. It's so many things. It's nutrition, it's lifestyle, it's supplementation. It's also your state of mind. That's also very important. So um, try to get a sense. So the important thing is to, uh, you know, generally speaking, is to um, invite people to have a look at um, what they are putting into their bodies in terms of food. Um, Is the food natural as possible Mm. or is there a lot of processed foods? Do they have a lot of sugar Um, or are they eating, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, good quality protein? Those are the kind of things I recommend. When you eat processed foods, those kind of foods that comes in boxes and tins and packets, they often have a lot of calories, but sometimes not a lot of nutrition. Mm. So read labels. If you're buying processed foods, read the labels, see what actually is in there, and as much as possible, rule of thumb, as close to nature as possible. Mm. Of course, oftentimes people don't think too much about changing their diet when they're looking to supplement because they're just thinking, what else can I add to Mm -hmm. my diet uh, to boost whatever deficiencies Mm -hmm. maybe that I might be having, but also to offer some kind of protection and immunity against um, diseases? Absolutely. And, you know, there are so many studies that have been published which show time and again that having the right nutrients and minerals in your body is imperative for having a healthy immune system. And so supplementation is really invaluable. Um, Most of our foods isn't sufficient in terms of supplying everything we need to help our immune system. And so good quality supplements really are so helpful in making sure that all the, um, especially the micronutrients that we need in very small amounts, are there in terms of, um, you know, helping our immune system function properly. So I'm a great lover of good supplementation, good quality supplementation. I think it's really important, um, especially as we come up to the winter season, Kathy. Mm. Um, we are going to be exposed to more viruses. We're going to be more indoors. And obviously in the, you know, in the season of COVID, which hopefully is just a season, mm. we are more aware of um, these kind of matters. And so really, really important to strengthen your immune system starting now Mm. to make sure that you're covering the bases so that your body has the right 
tools that it needs to make antibodies, to fight viruses, to make T cells and B cells, to make sure that the killer cells are out there destroying the viruses before they have a hold on your body. Mm. Because if the terrain of your body is strong and robust, then whatever you get exposed to will probably not result in an illness because your body will take care of it before it takes hold. You you know, lots of people, when we walk into a pharmacy, etc., we often just take sometimes what we see advertised on the shelves. And at the end of the day, you know, different um, producers of, of, of products are also just looking to, to make a sale. And oftentimes you don't know what's really reliable, what's not reliable. You can buy a tablet that says vitamin C on it only to discover that it's got, you know, 100 grams, milligrams of vitamin C and it's got more product of of other things, um, of other vitamins than actual vitamin C. So, so how do we make the distinction between what we think we need versus what we actually need? Wonderful point, Kathy. I'm so glad you brought that up. And that's why programs like this are so useful because they create awareness. And everything begins with awareness. If we are aware of these kind of things, like for example, the milligram of an ingredient, you, you, know, you mentioned vitamin C. If you're aware that actually, you know, you need at least 500 to 1,000 milligrams to really have any, you know, useful benefit in terms of fighting a virus, for example, then you can look at the label and you have a discerning mind. You, you know what questions to ask, what to look for. So the first thing is awareness and educate yourself. Read as much as possible, but be discerning because there's a lot of information out there. So, but, you know, if you use your common sense, you start to realize, okay, there's a common thread here. If I'm looking at immunity, I know I need vitamin C, I need vitamin D, you know, I need zinc, I need selenium, I need certain herbs. Great, so you use your common sense. Okay, how much do I need? Then do your research. You'll find that, you know, truth does emerge as a commonality. And so when you go into your store, then already you, you are better equipped, you are more empowered to know what you are looking for. And, you know, more, on the other hand, Kathy, more isn't necessarily always better. And there's the big factor of absorption. You can take a wonderful supplement, but if it's not absorbing into your body, then it's a waste of time. So, again, how do you know that? Is by information, reading, doing your research, finding out, you know, for example, um, what, what um, dosage uh, form is best for certain herbs. Some herbs, herbs need an oil base to really have good absorption. Mm. And so the way molecules are packaged in certain products is also an important factor to take into consideration. You know, you're talking a lot about research and the one thing that is coming up is that clearly just going to the shop and just picking whatever one feels is appropriate is not always the right approach. Yes, because there's a lot out there. And remember, this, you know, this industry is um, it's a huge uh, uh, money spinner, <laughs> you know, the health products. Yes. If you look at the Clicks Pharmacy and Discam numbers uh, yeah. and their stocks, you, you can absolutely confirm that for a fact. Yes, yes. Mm. and it's just, a, it's just a reality. I'm not judging it. Mm. You know, it's just mm. human nature. Wherever there's opportunity, people want to make money. So I'm not judging it. It's just a, a, a reality. Um, and so, 
you know, there are in certain stores wonderful people who do have more information. So one can ask them for some advice, for some, uh, you know, information, their perspective on things. Mm, mm. Um, I think quality is an important aspect. And, um, you know, in my I always try and find the middle ground. So if it's you know, really, really cheap, I think, mm, is this good quality? And if it's terribly expensive... You know, it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's the best thing. So trying to find a middle ground mm. is important. But again, price is only one consideration. Um, you want to know if a supplement has, is safe, is it good quality and efficacy? Is it actually going to do what it says it's going to do? Those three factors are really important. And that's why, you know, the Health Products Association, the HPA, is a, um, a body in South Africa that was formed in 1976 in order to, um, you know, promote the, the health product industry, but also to guarantee quality and safety and efficacy of supplements. And the HPA is really, you know, very invested mm. in um, serving the interests of health for the whole population, not just for that industry. Mm. What are we finding in terms of how people are approaching the flu shot? And, you know, is it still being used uh, as much as it was in previous years? Yeah, I think that, you know, taking the flu shot is a very personal choice. Mm. Um, Some people, you know, do it every year religiously. Other people stay very, very far away from it. I think it's a very personal choice. It does have its place, especially for certain groups of people who are immune compromised. Um, again, I think one needs to do one's homework in terms of um, what, is, what is available. And yeah, it is very much a personal choice. Um, my perspective is that um, if your immune system is strong, you know, and generally speaking, I'm, I'm speaking generally. If mm. you are a healthy individual and you don't have major, um, you know, health issues, if you take good care of yourself and your immune system is really strong and well supported, your immune system, the immune system in our body is supremely intelligent. Um, you know, it, it really is so intelligent in terms of being able to recognize what is foreign and set up a whole chain of reactions that mm. destroys the virus or bacteria before it takes hold. Um, so maybe then I don't need the flu vaccine because I know that I'm taking care of myself. But on the other hand, if I've had a series of you know, chronic illnesses or I am you know, very, very stressed and tired and run down, then my immune system is not going to be so ready to fight the bacteria or virus when it comes along. Mm. And maybe in that case, I might go for a flu jab. Okay. So I think, again, it's a very much a personal choice. Each person's situation is very different. And I think you need to make an informed choice. All right. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much for that, Julia, because a lot of people, of course, would want to know also whether, you know, something like the flu vaccine would at all help protect them when it comes to uh, contracting COVID-19 and how severely they could suffer from COVID-19. Yeah. So if you're talking about COVID-19, there is a lot of speculation out there. And at the moment, you know, it's just too soon to know whether, you know, having a vaccine is going to mount lasting defense against the virus. Even, you know, getting people who have had COVID, Mm. it doesn't guarantee not getting it again. 
So when you, when you first get infected, if you get the COVID, your body makes antibodies to the virus, and those last in the body for a while. But what they are finding is that you know, the longevity of the response is not guaranteed. So somebody might get reinfected again. And it's just too soon to know whether, um, you know, whether one's immunity is going to be long-term once you've been infected. Mm, mm-hmm. And also around, you know, around the vaccination. There's a lot of controversial information. And too many variables up in the air. Again. I'm saying there are too many variables yes. up in the air. Too many variables and just too soon to know mm. long term what really works, what doesn't. Um, fortunately, the SARS-CoV virus doesn't mutate as rapidly as the influenza. But still, you know, mutation does happen. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, read... Uh, be discerning, make informed choices, yep. and trust your own intuition, your own knowing about, mm. you know, for this body mind, what is going to work for me. So I really encourage people to to tune into their own inner wisdom mm. and trust your own body. Get a sense of what feels good in this body, what feels like a yes for me, and what feels like a no, and to trust that despite everything that's going on around. All right. um, I think it's important to trust your own knowing about things. Let me go to the WhatsApp line and take, uh, you know, WhatsApp qu- uh, questions that have been sent in via voice note. Of course, you can also, uh, you know, contribute to this conversation. 0614-104-107. And I think we'll also have a little bit of time to squeeze in a call or two. Uh, the number to use zero double one. Seven one four two double zero six. So that's zero double one seven one four two double zero six. I good morning, Kathy, and your guest there. I just had your guest. Uh, she was saying, uh, first, don't give us enough su- supplements for our immune system. But I want to ask on those. Uh, supplements that we get over the shelf what are the effects of the side effects because i know every drug is good a side effect what are the effects of the side effects in the long run thank you max albert in kansas julia yes wonderful question and i think it's a very um wise and sensible question because Sometimes there is a misperception out there that because mm. it's natural, it's safe. And that is certainly not always true. Nature has powerful herbs to offer us, and we need to um, use them or take them with um, awareness, knowing what we're taking and how much we actually need. And, for example, which part of the plant is good for us and which part is not. So I think that's a very important uh, question. Um, however... When you look at, for example, like a herbal tincture, mm. where they do, uh, you know, they, they dissolve the herb or, or let it sit in alcohol or water for a long time and then take the tincture, that contains um, many, many elements of a plant, maybe the roots, the leaves. And so that plant is much more comprehensive in terms of doing its work. If you look at a drug, they often isolate one single molecule, one single phytonutrient, and then concentrate it and, you know, 
amp it up to make a specific drug. And so generally speaking, and I'm, I'm speaking generally, um, allopathic medicines often have many more side effects than your natural and complementary medicines in general. So the side effect profile of a mineral or a vitamin or a herb is much less than for a drug in general. However, one still needs to, you know, use, um, to be sensible about what you're taking and more is not necessarily always better because um, there are certain medications. Like for example, mm. if you take, you know, lots and lots of vitamin C, your body will eventually have diarrhea because it's just too much and your body will respond. It's, uh, so more is not necessarily better. And if you take, for example, too much of a certain mineral, you might cause an imbalance because remember in the body, everything is so finely tuned. There's a certain harmony of balance with all the different uh, minerals and vitamins. Mm. And if you take too much of one thing, you're going to upset the balance and the body's going to respond. So again, coming back to um, harmony and balance and not going into extreme with any one thing, unless you have a very specific reason for doing that. But I very much um, go towards harmony, balance, mm. and moderation. So I think the, that is important. Yeah. So then, Julia, is it better to um, take, if you're supplementing, to, to take the dosages based on what is recommended on the product versus perhaps feeling like, okay, I'm a bit low in vitamin C, so I'm going to take two of these effervescent, effervescent tablets instead of one? I think one shouldn't only rely what's on the packaging. Mm. I think you need to do your own homework and find out, um, for example, if I want to just do a maintenance dose of vitamin C, then I might take 1,000 milligrams a day, for example. But if I know I'm getting sick, I've got a scratchy sore throat, I'm feeling a bit under the weather, then according to my research and my understanding, I would amp that up to maybe 1,000 milligrams four or five times a day because at that moment my body is needing more vitamin C because there's a war happening. You know, I'm being attacked by a virus. I need to support the immune system. So there isn't you know, a general rule of thumb. To say, okay, you know, you just take what on, what's on the packaging and that's it. So I think you need to, um, again, be, be informed. Do your homework, do your research, find out what is appropriate and have a balanced view based on what you have also read, understood and done research on. Are there particular signs that you, one's body goes through when when there's an over-supplementation? So if you're taking vitamins, vitamin B or whatever vitamins you're supplementing with and, um, you know, you, you, you're trying your best to protect yourself against the virus. And, of course, we see people who will take um, what the World Health Organization has given as its recommended, you know, um, mm-hmm. immune booster package. And then mm-hmm. you still add on to that, you know, mthonyani mm-hmm. artemisia and uh, ginger and lemon mm-hmm. and garlic and all of that stuff. Because, right, because we just want to be safe, you know. Mm-hmm. Is that is doing that okay? Well, you know, Kathy, I would take a step back and say, why are you doing all of that? You see, if you are doing it from fear because you're so afraid you're going to get sick, that in itself is the worst thing for you because it's coming from fear. 
So when you're afraid and you're anxious, your body's making stress hormones, cortisol, that in itself is a bad recipe for, for health. So start to look at why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I taking all these supplements? Is it if, if I'm doing it out of, free, out of just fear, then that is not good for my body. However, if I'm doing it from a sense of self-care because I want to be well and because I love this body and I want to be vibrant and joyful, can you feel the difference in that? Mm, okay? mm. Then already I'm beginning from a good place. Where am I coming from? Am I coming from self-care or am I coming from fear? Okay, that's step one. Then moving on from that, um, your body will let you know if, it does, if it's not happy with what you're putting in. Mm. The body is so intelligent. It will let you know. If you're taking too much of something, maybe you'll get a digestive. You're going to get, uh, you know, maybe uh, gastritis or nausea or diarrhea, or you're going to break out in a rash if there's too much of something. Mm. Um, however, the sad thing is that sometimes on the micronutrient level, it might take a while for an imbalance to manifest, for example, but your body will let you know. And so then... I come back to moderation. Mm. You know, you don't have to go extreme with anything. You know, even drinking too much water is bad for you. Even eating too many vegetables <laughs> is bad for you. You know, you might get sure. colitis if you're having salads every single day. So I really come back to common sense. Listen to my own body. What does my body need? And moderation in everything. All then right. I think you're more likely to remain healthy and well and in balance. All right, Julia. We'll continue this conversation after the 11.30 news headlines. SMS SAFM now on 41391. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We are talking, you know, the winter season and getting ready for what would be your traditional flu, uh, cold and flu season effectively. And, you know, just what are the steps that we can be taking to uh, boost our immune systems? And we know that because of COVID, a lot of us have been taking issues of health and immunity a lot more seriously, perhaps, than we were before. I'm in conversation with Julia Chris Kohler. She's a pharmacist and with the Health Products Association of Southern Africa. So Julia, I've got a couple of uh, questions for you coming through on uh, the WhatsApp yes. voice note line and a caller. Uh, let me go to KZN. Zinolo in KZN, good morning. Good morning, Katie. How are you? I'm well, and thank you. Uh, I just want to ask your guest, uh, Mrs. Katie, uh, if a packaging of the supplements that uh, you might be taking uh, it's, uh, it's not evaluated by the medicine control. What does it mean for me as an ordinary citizen? Yes, a wonderful question. Can I respond, Kathy? Yes, please go for it. Okay, that's a great question because, of course, there is the SEPRA, that's African Health, uh, the regulatory authority, Health Regulatory Authority of South Africa. And um, this authority is put in place to regulate all allopathic and complementary medicines. And so you cannot just make wild claims about your product, um, even if it's natural. It has to comply to certain standards that require safety of the product, quality, and efficacy. You have to prove that your health product is safe, that it actually does what it says you, you, you claim, mm. and that it's also, it also has good quality safety, quality efficacy. So... 
um, if you you cannot make wild claims on health products to say it's going to cure you know this 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 and a hundred things, that's not going to work. And the um, SAPRA makes sure that whatever's on the market is regulated, mm. and so there is definitely that safety net for the public to know that no one can just come on board and put whatever they like on the marketplace. And certain things have been taken off over the years because of this very reason and have become scheduled. For example, melatonin. A couple of years ago, it was available over the counter. Now you have to have a prescription. And um, so there's definitely a regulatory authority which does monitor and control mm. the health uh, industry. Mm, mm, mm. So, 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 so then, what, what should somebody like Zanello do? Oh, Zanello, I see you've got some company there. <laughs> <laughs> some company. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I, I'll, I'll just let you go, and then you can listen on the radio. So, okay, I mean, no problem. Thank sure. You so, much. Thank so, you. then, Julia, what is the best way for people to get a sense of what it is that they're taking in the absence of this information? Um, that is provided for or la- on labeling on products. Okay, Kevin, so I'm not 100% sure of your question because if it's on the shelf, okay, in a pharmacy or a health shop, it means it had to pass through the, the regulatory authority. So, so I'm talking more about products that you wouldn't find in a health shop, you know, oh. in, a, in a traditional pharmacy at least. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ah, right. Okay, so, okay. Well, then you're definitely taking a risk. Unless you are super informed and you know exactly mm. what you're doing, you mm. are going to be taking a risk. Because first of all, the quality of that, that product, um, you know, what exactly is in it and is it going to be absorbed? Um, and yeah, who made it? What kind of standards do they have? Mm. Um, you know, of cleanliness, of uh, quality control. So if you are buying something that isn't regulated, then you are taking more of a risk. Um, so I would definitely, um, you know, ask questions um, to the person who's made that product and do more investigation before I would spend my money buying something that I'm not 100% sure of. All right. Let me see if I can squeeze in a couple of WhatsApp voice notes before we uh, wrap up our conversation. Hello, Kathy. It's Emmanuel here. I just want to ask uh, Julia just a general question. How long should I take to drink water after maybe eating breakfast, lunch, or supper? For how long must I, must I, must I take before I drink water or take a soft drink or something? Any liquid, how long must I, must I take? Thank you. Julia, okay, wonderful question, Emmanuel. That's a very good question. So generally speaking, it's always good to not drink with your meal. It sounds strange because we're so used to doing that, but actually... Once you drink one's water, um, at least half an hour before you eat. And once you've eaten, I would wait at least two hours before you drink again. Because the, the, once you've eaten a meal, the digestive juices are busy breaking down the food and uh, you know, doing its thing. And when you add liquid, then it, it disrupts that process and you're diluting the digestive juices. So, Emmanuel, I would say wait at least two hours after a meal before you drink water. Oh, that's interesting. I thought you should always uh, drink water with your meal. No, Kathy. So that you don't overeat. No, but it's been rather have it half an hour before your food. Mm. Um, Because also remember your stomach, if you put, make your hand into a fist, 
without food, that's how big your stomach is, generally speaking. Now, if you drink liquid and eat food, your stomach has to expand. But if it's too full, your stomach actually has to physically move to digest the food. And when it's overly full, mm. it can't do that. Then you get heartburn. You get food pushing through the sphincter and gastritis can happen. So um, I would recommend to rather drink your, your water half an hour before you eat and then two hours afterwards. And, um, you know, there might be very different points of view. This is just my, my perspective. I'm not saying this is the gospel truth. Mm-hmm. But from my perspective, that is um, that promotes good digestive and good digestion. So you don't get heartburn. And definitely caffeine is not conducive to good digestion, especially around food, because for many people it promotes heartburn. So tea and coffee with the meal is really not good for you at all. Hmm. Julia, you're making us unlearn everything that we knew and thought to be right, you know. What happened to tea with breakfast? I mean, I, 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 you, sorry, Julia, you're challenging my entire life right now. <laughs> well, you know what, Kathy? Having said all that, trust your own body. If your body is happy with tea at breakfast, then, you know, go with it. I, I, you know, one, one needs to learn and find out things, but at the end of the day, uh. you listen to your own body. So if it works for you, and your body's happy, wonderful. Well, we've if certainly you, got to give it a try, right? You don't okay, know what well, you're missing you out on until you, you give mind. other things a try. Wonderful, All right, wonderful. let me continue with the WhatsApp questions. Hi, Kathy. Johnny here from Zanin. Uh, can one take hydrogen as a supplement? Um, there's this thing called Hydro Plus. Um, <laughs> they say it's molecular hydrogen. Oh, jeez. I've also never heard of that one before. Julia? Johnny, you've, you've stopped me as well. I have no idea. I've also never heard of molecular <laughs> hydrogen. So I'm afraid you're going to have to educate us because I am actually not sure. Oh, jeez. I wonder how they source the hydrogen as well. Hmm, interesting yeah. question. Let me see how much time we've got. Okay, so I'm going to take a quick break and then uh, I will. Okay, let's see. I think we've got enough time for this one. Uh, let's play one more voice note question for, for Julia then. Hi, Kathy. Johnny here from Zanin. Uh, can one take hydrogen as All right. I think, I think that's the same voice note. That's the um, same voice note. Um, all right. Let me go to break and we'll come back with Julian. I'll have to go to break. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, so we've been talking to Julia Criscolo, who is a pharmacist with the Health Products Association of Southern Africa. Julia, let me thank you so much for your time today and for being part of our conversation. We've run out of time, but I think uh, we've really learned a lot from this conversation. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy. It's been such a pleasure. Blessings on the rest of your day, and we'll chat again sometime. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Julia Crisculo there. So uh, some good advice, I guess, now. We're going to have to learn to drink that tea 30 minutes before you get into the rest of your breakfast because you don't want to, you know, destabilize the digestive forces. <laughs> Might be a bit hard, though. Might be a bit hard.